Well, hello, everybody. Dennis Gebhardt here with Guru Nation, welcoming you to episode number three in our series where we are discussing the difference between permanent hair color, demi-permanent color, and toners, along with my teaching partner, Max Marciano. Max, how you doing, brother? Hey, dude. I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, feeling uh, really good today. Of course, uh, I think that the subject is really something that people are concerned about because I find, and I know you probably do as well, that uh, there's a lot of confusion still <laughs> about yeah, these absolutely. different hair color types. And uh, that's what we try or, to help people understand. First of all, um, we're giving you the differences, but you're going to find if you listen to all of the four different episodes in this series, that there's more similarities than there are differences in these product types. Yeah. I mean, we categorize them, I think, because we're into aesthetics, into, you know, how's it sound, you know, all of that. But we have to ask ourselves, you know, do we, are we getting caught up in the marketing hype of a product as opposed to understanding what we're actually working with? And I think you're going to find out as we cover our subject today, which is demi-permanent hair color and, um, Today, I will speak as an authority on demi-permanent hair color, since I was part of the team who created the most famous demi-permanent of all demi-permanent colors that are sold throughout the world. It was created back in 1986. It launched in 1987. And it is still the number one metric that people use when they are creating new demi-permanent brands. And that brand, of course, is Shady Q. And um, let me just kind of give you a little bit of background on how that product was created. The concept behind it was actually to give the hairdresser a color that would diminish their fear of working with hair color. Because in that era, um, and anybody who knew color was kind of regarded like a wizard, you know, it's like, oh my God, they know color, you know? And so we found a lot of people were not coloring hair in the salons. In fact, we, we shared statistics with them. We said, we know 40% of the American public color their hair, but only about 11% of them were getting it done in salons professionally. The rest of them were doing it over the counter, purchasing the product in the drugstore. And the reason for that is because as hairdressers, we did not get all the information necessary to help us be as successful in hair color as we should have been in that time period. So we said, look, is it possible to create a hair color that will, um, you know, create a result, but it will not, it will not create a fear of creating undesirable warmth that the hair would contribute because uh, people were fearful of that you know they would use a color on a client and because we know the developer has a tendency to fracture and break down melanin in the hair that they would get these warm tones that they could not combat and it made them very frustrated and it made them shy away from coloring hair so we, we, we looked at it and we said, look, we can do this. If we can create a color that is an oxidative color, so it has oxidative dyes in it, 
So I want you to all be very, very clear. All demi-permanent colors have oxidative dyes in them. Um, and an oxidative dye is the same oxidative dye that lives in a permanent hair color. Okay, there's no difference. As you heard in episode two, Max shared with you that there's only a few dyes we have to choose from. So we can't be, they're, they're not new dyes. We're just still using oxidative dyes, but we've changed the way we built the product. So we, we're using an oxidative dye because that's gonna help the color have longevity. But our problem was that in order to keep a dye intermediate, in order to keep it fresh so that it doesn't oxidize, it doesn't degrade, degrading is called oxidation, we had to store them in an alkaline substance. So the product still had to be alkaline in the bottle or in the tube as we, as we have today. But we mixed it with a developer, which comes from the acid side of the pH scale, and we were able to adjust it by setting the proper pH so that it would process at the neutral range, what we call the neutral range, level seven or pH of seven, some slightly under, some slightly over. And we did also add in some of the direct dyes that we talked about in episode two. So it did not, it was not primarily all oxidative dyes. It had oxidative dyes and direct dyes. Direct dyes were used to give it more vibrancy, to pump it up, if you will. And so that's how that product was created. And uh, it, it was very widely accepted because people, they were using currently at that time, a product called cellophanes and cellophanes was primarily as a direct dye, but they were mixing it with peroxide. <laughs> and Sebastian was teaching that. And they said, well, well, how do you do that? Well, the peroxide would fracture, break down some of the melanin in the hair. Peroxide does what it does, no matter what you do with it. It's, that's its nature to break things down. Uh, it would break down some of the pigment in the hair. And as a result of that, those direct dyes would be able to, you know, get a little deeper in the cuticle layers and give a little bit more longevity to the product. And so uh, that was what we were competing against. And it was huge here in California. Uh, and I think all over the country, it was a very, very popular product to work with, cellophanes. And so that's how Demi Permanents were launched. Now, of course, at the same time, you had people at uh, Wella, they launched a Demi Permanent product. L'Oreal launched a Demi Permanent product. Uh, they all were in that same genre of demi-permanent products. Uh, there was some variation, though. Some of them gave you more tonal shift than others, like Dia Color would give you a little bit more tonal shift than Shades EQ did. So, so that's how that all happened. It was a product of the 1980s to get hairdressers to use more hair color, but primarily... It was basically made up of the same thing. It had dye intermediates, oxidative dyes, at required developer to develop the dyes. And of course, it had to have an alkalizer. Now, that's where there was some variation. That's right. So here we come, full circle, back to the subject of alkalizers. And typically, there are two alkalizers that we use in demi-permanent hair color. 
The first one is called monoethanolamine or MEA. And monoethanolamine is a much bigger molecule than ammonia. Now ammonia is used in almost all permanent hair colors. And if you talk to any permanent hair color chemist, they're gonna tell you ammonia is the most effective alkalizer for facilitating lift. It's small but mighty. It's a very tiny molecule. It gets in, it does the job fast and it leaves the hair. Now monoethanolamine or MEA for short is a bigger molecule and therefore as an alkalizer, it doesn't create as much lift or base shifting as ammonia would. So it's really good in permanent or demi-permanent hair color. And it's the most commonly used alkalizer in demi-permanent hair color. On that same vein, there's a new kid on the block called aminomethylpropanol or AMP. And this alkalizer is also used in demi-permanent hair color, but it's been new on the scene just in the last, I'd say eight to 10 years. Now, AMP is even bigger than MEA. And it really has a hard time facilitating lift. So it is an ideal alkalizer for demi-permanent hair colors. And on the subject of alkalizers, I had a really interesting conversation with a hair color chemist. And the way he compared these three alkalizers was ammonia is like Mighty Mouse, really tiny, really fast, really strong. MEA is like an elephant. It's slow, needs more working time to get the job done, and not as fast or as effective as Mighty Mouse. And then finally, AMP is like a mountain. It's not going anywhere. And when you think of those visuals, it gives you a really good idea as far as, you know, how they perform. And, you know, that's why when permanent hair color is engineered, right? the higher the level of shade, the higher the concentration of alkalizer. When we build a demi-permanent color, every shade from level one to 10 has a fixed amount of alkalizer that's just enough to swell the hair, get those cuticle layers to expand so that the dye intermediates can get inside and do their job. And this, my friends, is why it is really difficult. Well, actually it's impossible. You can't turn a permanent hair color that's powered by ammonia into a demi-permanent hair color. Yeah, you're right, Max. And, and I think that whole thing about alkalizers and the fact that it being fixed in the all levels of a demi-permanent color is, is that people need to understand is that like, it's just enough alkalizer to keep those oxidative dyes alive. That is why the story came about, if I mix it with peroxide, it pulls it down to a neutral pH. Right. And so by pulling, and so that's why we came up with the definition of an acid color. Right. And so 
now that has just spread to where any demi permanent we talk about, people think, well, it's it's an acid demi. And now then they created another category that's happened in the last few years, an alkaline demi. And okay, so think about demi, first of all, since how we're the ones who created that definition. Right, right. Because the word demi never existed in descript, as a descriptor for hair color, for a hair color product. Uh, it really referred to size, uh, but we had to come up with a different name and Wella did the same thing. I think they called theirs para-permanent. Mm-hmm. Ours was called demi-permanent, but demi-permanent took over and it is the term that we use now. It's part of our language in this industry. Sure. So, so truly, when we think of demi-permanent colors, because we said they were demi-permanent, our feeling is that, well, they don't last as long as a permanent color does. And that's absolutely not true. 100%. And now, you know, just to take that a step further, even clients will read about demi-permanent hair color in magazines, but because it's not just the word permanent, you know, sometimes they'll sit in your chair and go, I don't want demi-permanent hair color. I want permanent when they don't really get that the chemistry is identical. Right. Just the concentration of alkalizer from product to product that really determines it. it, At the end of the day, if we break it down to brass tacks, the heavier the concentration of alkalizer in a product, the more lightening or fracturing of the natural melanin you will create. Period. Exactly. Because it's a catalyst. Right. And it is, it creates the environment that peroxide will release more oxygen. So if I have a higher concentration of an alkalizer, the peroxide, even though it's only a five volume, is going to release more oxygen because it's allowed to, because the environment is a higher ratio of fixed alkali, and you're going to get tonal shift. Sure. You're going to lighten the hair. I have a great analogy. So if we think of, think of your tube of, or bottle of hair color, whether it's permanent or demi-permanent, right? It's a car. The alkalizer is the engine in the car. Your developer is the gas. You got to have both to get from point A to point B. But let's say you're dealing with a demi-permanent hair color that has a really small concentration of that alkalizer. If you know five volume is regular gasoline and 40 volume is high octane fuel, you can mix 40 volume with that demi permanent, but it's not gonna make the engine go any faster. But what it, it can do is it can burn up that engine or you know do something really funky to the hair because you still have all of that available oxygen in the developer. And conversely, we hear all the time, oh, just use, use a, you know, a high level permanent color with a low volume of developer. Well, friends, I'm here to tell you, you can put regular gas in a Corvette. It's still going to take you from point A to point B. So more than likely, if you take that you know, 10N, and put it on top of freshly highlighted hair, that natural hair 
is going to experience visible base shift, even with a low volume. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is why you see a lot of people on social media today saying that instead of using a processing solution, these are Shady Q users, Mm -hmm. uh, instead of using regular processing solution, which is about a five volume developer, they're mixing their product with 15 volume, 10 or 15 volume. And they say, well, we get more reflection. Well, you're not getting more reflection by increasing the volume of your developer. You're getting more die destruction. I encourage you to listen to the episode about peroxide and you will understand why. Okay. So, so by increasing the volume of developer, like Max said, put high octane in the engine, it'll probably burn up the engine. That's exactly what's happening. Cause number one, there's not enough alkalizer to allow it to release all of its oxygen. And so it's going to degrade and damage some of those dyes that you need for that finished result. And that's why a dummy permanent color must be shampooed from the hair. If you're using an alkaline product, and we seem to think that seven is no man's land, it's neutral, <laughs> and I'm a, it's a safe zone, it's still higher than the optimum pH for the hair. The optimum pH no. for hair is 4.5 to 5.5. If I use something even with seven as a pH, I am going to swell the hair. It's a thousand times stronger. Yes. Seven is a thousand times stronger than, you know, 4.5 to 5.5. Yeah. A thousand times more alkaline, you guys. So it's not just everything's hunky-dory. So when you start to really think in terms of pH and what we're doing to the hair with these chemicals, you know, it allows us to make intelligent choices with our product selection. And that's really what we're all about. Absolutely. And so I think this kind of encompasses what a demi permanent product is and how there, there are differences, but there are also more similarities than there are differences. So hopefully you've uh, gotten some information from this uh, this episode and uh, we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. If you wanna know more, step number one, buy the new book that we just launched. It has just been launched, Captain Color versus the Pigment Pirates. You can find it at Dorian's, that's D-O-R-R-A-N-C-E, bookstore, all one word, dot com. Type in Captain Color versus the Pigment Pirates. You can buy it in its normal version as a book, or you can buy it even as an ebook. That will give you a great start. After that, we encourage you to come to our website, check out our educational portfolio, and attend one of our virtual programs or our in-person programs, and that will give you more information. Hopefully, it's been beneficial for you today. Max, thanks, my friend, for helping me out. Anytime, Uh, my friend. And as always, from my heart to yours, I am Captain Color. I am out. Max, how about you? I am out as well. Until next time. All right, everyone. See you next time. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye now. Bye.